Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 190. Do you believe it? Do you believe it's that many episodes? Hopefully, you've been along for the entire ride. If you are, a bozo sticker for you. You get a bozo button, or you get a Buckeye sticker, or whatever it is that you like. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's heard around the world, the podcast that's not afraid to take on the difficult conversations and talking points and topics and break down football and baseball and basketball like none other. Today, it is another solo show. Most of my shows are, hence the name of it. If you're wondering who the hell am I, who the hell are you? What do you mean? Oh, wait, I'm Jeff Manns. <laughs> you hear me weekday afternoons, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network. Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show is now on hiatus until next year. So I uh, got to sleep in now on Sunday mornings, which is a nice little treat for me. And I'm sure Bob Harris feels the same way. I'm part owner. I'm chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Sort of the guy behind the curtain, if you will. And uh, we have $39 special right now. Rest of the football season. Jeff, the NFL regular season's over. Right. But playoff fantasy football leagues, rankings and projections and game scripts and breakdowns and DFS breakdowns and bets for every single game, prop bets for every single game, Super Bowl betting guide, off-season, franchise mode off-season package. That's $39 by itself, everybody. So to get all the other stuff included, not a bad deal. I already have my instant NFL mock draft. That went up moments after the season concluded over at fantasyguru.com. So get over there if you're an NBA person or just want to win money via my Justin Fensterman, Armando Marsal, Scott Bonder, Mike the Beard, Chris Rose, our NBA analysis and bets. Get over there. You want that MVP package for that, or just get VIP. That way you get all our football, all the baseball. You get everything we ever do over at fantasyguru.com. And again, still everything's 50% off. Not everything, I should say. No, just that rest of season package. And if you're upgrading to the VIP Platinum, that is 50% off there as well. You could always tell Ted Schuster, support at fantasyguru.com. And Ted will take care of you through the customer service email. So uh, if you want to upgrade and wonder what your cost would be, now's a good time to get in because they will raise the prices. They already did it on all the other packages. So, But that upgrade, if you're just a basic or any member over there, we still got that one going for you. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky, all those other places on social media. I This is going to be a fun episode, I think, today. Now, normally, and we are going to do this, don't you worry, but it's there's so much. I love that the, the regular season's over. I feel like very formulaic. I don't know. I guess I'm not challenged enough by the regular seasons in some regards. You know what I mean? Like, it all just becomes too formulaic. Like, I like the regimen. I don't mind doing the same things on the same day, but it is monotonous. Now we get to uh, let our expand our wings and and fly a little bit. And today's episode is going to be mostly about 
probably the biggest NFL offseason question that there is. It's the Justin Fields dilemma. What do the Chicago Bears do? They have Justin Fields, who is definitely an emerging and developing quarterback. And they have the number one overall pick. They also have the number nine overall pick in the 2020. And they have the most cap room of anybody. There is literally the whole thing with Ryan Poles, the general manager, and the, the Chicago Bears. There's no way out. There's no excuses. You can keep the guy that you say you've believed in for a while. You could draft any person you want and from college football. You could draft the ninth best player you want. You could afford, if you want to go out and get a Kirk Cousins, if you want to go out and make that happen, you can do that too. There is nothing the Chicago Bears can't do. So sometimes there are people that are built for it. Give me that opportunity uh, and I'm going to dominate. By the way, this is an uncensored podcast. I want to mention that. Because don't ha- don't blame me if the kids hear the bad words. Or I don't think I'm going to get into Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee. I think Aaron Rodgers is a, is a dipshit. He just, I don't think that. I know it. I know a fraud. And he's a fucking fraud. Like a motherfucking fraud. I don't care about the vaccine stuff or the Fauci. And God, I agree with half that shit. Honest to God, like some of it, at least. I, I, but I, fuck it. It's so dumb. He isn't the person. He's not smart. Oh, so I'm not going to talk about that on today's episode other than what I just did, but I will talk about it. And if you're offended, go fuck yourself because you're a little pussy boy. Stop being a pussy. Stop not wanting to talk about anything. Stop trying. You're not going to be able to you tweet at me. GF is making me sad. Fuck you. Don't let, I'm telling you, don't listen. I'm telling you, I'm not going to agree with your political beliefs. But I love Aaron Rodgers because of it. Well, I don't agree with you. But I love Jimmy Kimmel because of it. Well, I don't agree with you. I don't agree. I, you know, I, and I'm somewhere in the middle of everybody always. So, and not because I'm not, I don't have strong beliefs. I do. I just know that both the extremes are fucking wrong. That's what I know. But again, that kind of talk is what this show is about. And that's why I urge people, if you can't handle that or the dirty words, you got to tune out. So I'm going to break down Justin Fields' dilemma like nobody else has ever done. I guarantee it. You're not going to hear any of these ideas or theories. You will after this show is out and it circulates. So you'll be the first ones on that. Normally at this time of year, I do my NFL recap show, which goes back into my uh, preseason predictions and all of that stuff. And I will do that next week. Uh, I'm not doing that for any other reason. Um, I just got to get the Justin Fields stuff out of me. It has to go. Like, I, I need it out there. And I think it's important because I don't want any of my listeners to get distracted. There is so much bullshit on this topic. It's unfathomable. It's just, it's getting everybody an opinion and everybody's just fucking biased and wrong, right? It's just so absurd to me. So I got to get this out. Next week, I'll hit the uh, predictions. I will say this in my Quick analysis, my prediction, not great. A lot of uh, my two Super Bowl teams are technically still alive, but I think both probably lose in the first round. Philadelphia and Miami, hmm, what are you going to do? But, you know, it's out there. Uh, I had some massive misses on that. Some good calls, real good calls too. And uh, we'll get into that in the later weeks. So we got that. I will do my NFL uh, postseason or playoff predictions on this program here as well. I want to make sure those are out there before any of these games start. You know, um, hopefully everybody had a good holiday. 
everybody had a really good time. You know, for me, man, I have a profound sadness after the holidays. Like everything, it almost gets me emotional. It just, it, I had such a good time. Uh, Christmas, New Year's, my nephew and his family visiting was just so fantastic and spending time with my sisters and brothers and in-laws and my kids being home from school, just like a real magical time. And now that everybody's getting back to their lives, it just, it's a bummer. And not to mention for me personally, like my workload, it doesn't necessarily go down, although it does go down, but not that much. It just moves. I have a lot more freedom in the NFL offseason or regulars. Once the regular season's over, I have so much more freedom and flexibility. And I'm sitting around like, all right, now let's hang out. And everyone's like, ah, we just did that, you know? And so I get sad. Anybody like to hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter uh, or in discord, get in the man's cave or somewhere. I mean, I just get like really sad after the holidays are done. I think most people based on what I see probably get happy can't wait to take your decorations down. And so that's not me. I, I urge my wife, we're not taking trees down. You know, we got to have one last night music, relax, look at the lights and the colors. I just love that stuff. None of my, my outside Christmas deco is down just because obviously it's a neighborhood problem, but inside my house, it's still freaking Christmas Eve here. So, uh, and that's the way I'll keep it probably through mid January. And I'm not apologetic for it whatsoever. Um, so that we, we have that going on and um, I'll dive into it. I'll give you my playoff predictions here coming up later on the episode, but I want to dive in because, you know, the title of this podcast has obviously got a lot of people interested. The Justin Fields dilemma for those who don't know what's going on there. All right. So Justin Fields quarterback for the Chicago bears. Um, and, and I want, let me give a little background. Okay. I am. I suppose what they're calling a Justin Fields truther or supporter or whatever it is. And I want this to be clear because I, <laughs> I don't have any like previous history of Justin Fields. I don't, I'm not like a lot of normal folks where I don't give a single fuck whether players on my team, not on my team. It, none of that shit matters. Right. It, means nothing i mean nothing to me so the bears are my favorite team even though my hometown team now is the arizona cardinals but it'll always be the bears in my heart there's no no question about that so i do want them to win and succeed they haven't done it in a long time and so be it i don't give a shit i i've become a millionaire uh <laughs> without giving a fuck about chicago bears or any chicago teams or any teams in general or any players i just to give good, hard, real analysis and move on. I was on, I thought Justin Fields was the second best quarterback in the class um, back in 2021 uh, coming out of that draft class. And that was a hard draft class really to decipher because we we're coming off the COVID year, right? So that was a weird kind of dynamic. Now I had Trevor Lawrence as the number one guy and, but I had Fields really close. And of course, Fucking Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Notice we're not, nobody gives a shit about those two anymore, but they were taking second and third. Mac Jones, people thought Mac Jones, he almost went sec or third to the San Francisco 49ers, but they balked at the last second. He's a piece of shit. Fields was the second best guy, and I think that's become clear. Everybody would agree to that, but I was on him, and I said that there's no way he falls to the Bears. I believe the Bears had the 12th 
pick in that draft, or if I'm not mistaken, and they wound up moving up to the Giants pick and and all that to get Justin Fields. So um, in that regard, you know, I said I will get naked on a live stream, and I did, tops and bottoms, off. I went naked on our Fantasy Guru live stream when that pick was made. And that's how happy and excited I was. And it's been a rocky road. There's ups and downs. And so I want to have a real conversation about Justin Fields. I This is an unbiased opinion. I'm going to present, I am a very high quality assessor of talent. It's something I do and I use it in fantasy in a, to our members advantage, so on and so forth. But I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I'm not the greatest, not... Greg Cosell, maybe, or somebody like that who does it uh, very well and, and all that. But I, I can break down film and de- read defenses and offenses and schemes, and I write them up every – I'm the only fantasy analyst in the world that does that, right? And I've been doing it for almost 20 years now. So I'm very capable of assessing a player, rights and wrongs. And it's not all good with fields either. It's not even close to being all good. They're shortcomings. So, and I, I'm going to read through everything, go through it and, and give some conclusions at the end of this as well. All right. So he's the quarterback of the bears. He's in his third season, just completed his third season uh, this year. He has a total of 38 starts in the national football league thus far. Um, record is 10 and 28. It's a terrible record wins and losses. Uh, this year was better wins and losses. The bears have been terrible since Justin Fields has gotten there. Right. We kind of forget that this team has been six and 11, uh, went three and 14. And now there was seven and 10. They were actually one of the better teams in the league in the second half of the season. And their only losses were one-score losses to the Packers, that final game, a three-point loss to the 11-win Cleveland Browns, a one-score loss, come from behind victory against the division champion and third seed in NFC Detroit Lions, right? That a game that they controlled all the way throughout on the road. A one, you know, that was their only losses of the second half. And then a couple. New Orleans Saints, they lost that game by one score. They lost by six to the Vikings earlier in the year. The season got off to a terrible start, losing four in a row, and that's basically what with the demise of the Chicago Bears wound up being. All right, so, you know, that's that. But Justin Fields, like, what is he? What does he do well? Well, my film study and analysis on him is, is this. He is a highly qualified quarterback. All right. Amazingly athletic, naturally gifted, strong as hell arm, very great, great ball. Us a good ball placement. Not great. Good. Very high end though. Higher end quarterback ball placement. We have stats that will support this um, coming up. And um, obviously athletically, he changes the dynamic of any game escaping the pocket. He picks up, he's as fast and powerful as any run as any quarterback in the national football league. Lamar Jackson gets a ton of credit for being big and strong and rightfully so, but Lamar Jackson is very similar to Justin Fields. And I'll say Justin Field, when you compare these two, 
Justin Fields a bigger, stronger athlete than Lamar Jackson. He's not quite as fast, though very, very close. He isn't necessarily, I think that the speed gives him a little bit more power on Lamar's side, no doubt about that. We're talking splitting 1%, 2%, 3% stuff there. And there, I, I will take Justin Fields' throwing motion and his mechanics over Lamar Jackson's. All right? Putting the ball on players and, and things have been very good for Justin Fields. He's had no help around him. There's a huge, huge detriment to Fields in that what Chicago's brought to the table his three seasons in the league. The offenses, they've been running very West Coast, very base, doesn't fit. Doesn't fit what he is and who he is as a runner or as a quarterback, right? It just doesn't work. Justin Fields is a great deep ball, yet we've seen it so many times, them throwing dink and dunk at the line of scrimmage. It's really not, it's incoherent on what the team does with him. So the Lamar Jackson plays in a world-class organization for a world-class coach. Justin Fields does not. And that's the difference between being the MVP of the league and being a guy that they say a college kid should come in and replace you. That's I think the majority of people believe that a college kid could come and support it. All right. Well, I mean, listen, if that college at a quarterback is really great and generational, fuck yeah, bring him in. I think that is the right call to make. So, okay, people, Lamar Jackson, 6'2", 215 pounds. Justin Fields is 6'3", 230 pounds. Justin Fields is 24 years old. I mentioned 38 starts in three seasons. Okay, career numbers for Justin Fields. He's 10 and 28. I mentioned that 60.3% completion percentage uh, 166.9 yards per game, 4.2 touchdown rate. That's a touchdown percentage percentage of throws that result in touchdowns. You know, with fields, you do have to use some of those metrics and you have to do it with Lamar Jackson, Jalen hurts. Some of these quarterbacks who are also running threats, you have to use the percentage because that's the fairest way to grade 3.1% touchdown rate. The, or I'm sorry, interception rate. The um, touchdown rate, okay. Like, we can live with that touchdown rate. You know what I mean? Like, we can live with a 4.2. Trevor Lawrence is highest of three years is 4.2. Fields, 4.2, and it's been up over that the last two seasons. So, but what we can't live with is the interception rate, 3.1, a little too high. You want under three, and ideally 2.5 or lower is where you want to be with the quarterback position. So there's no question he has to get better in that regard. 40 to 30 touchdown interception ratio. Good, not great. You know, the we'll say the last two seasons, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but a 33 to 20 touchdown interception ratio over the last two years, much better. There's a There is progress and development being showed there. And then you get into the rushing numbers. It's got 2,220 yards rushing, right? That's 58 per game, 14 touchdowns on the ground at six. yards per attempt on the ground. That's pretty freaking good, right? That is, when you look at it from that perspective, right? Essentially, that is what, like, I'm trying to think of a comparable player, statistically speaking, that had, fuck, man, it's, it's like Saquon Barkley. That's like what Saquon's rushing numbers are, at least, Right. 
you're getting that kind of guy on the on the ground. James Conner, right? That kind of that Travis Etienne. It's essentially the numbers, except a much higher yards per attempt than those guys, obviously different positions. And I think that's where it come it breaks down to a lot for a lot of people. Is it better to have a mobile quarterback or pocket passer? I think in 2024, it's easier for folks to understand and accept or deny a pocket passing quarterback. Right. That's a lot easier thing to add up. The stats make more sense in that type of athlete, that type of player. And that's fair. Right. And we've seen that be successful. Joe Burrow, a massive success. Uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't that type of quarterback, though I think he, people think he is. Like, oh, he's just a drop back passer. There's no fucking way. When you look at his scramble numbers, his scramble numbers are amongst the highest in the NFL every single season. He's very much a improvisational type of quarterback, but, you know, but he gets lumped in there. Um, Joe Burrows has success. Brock Purdy is having a ton of success, success being that type of quarterback, right? So nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you know, Matt Stafford, won a Super Bowl two years ago. He's that kind of guy. Jared Goff, the division winner in the AFC North, has had great success. Been to a Super Bowl with the Rams uh, as well. So that's Justin Fields' overall numbers. Now, let's dive a little bit deeper into this. Because in 2024, or three, 2023 regular season, let's look at where he ranks amongst all the quarterbacks, all right? Let's just take an easy perusal through, and I'll work way through some statistical analysis. Um, oh, to finish off my highlights, Justin Field, world-class athlete, great ball skills, great arm talent, amazing arm talent, like top-of-the-heap arm talent, absolutely golden. What he does wrong, the shortcomings, takes too long to make decisions. Right, takes too long to make decisions. I feel I want to blame the coaches for that, and I think part of it is Luke Getzey and his offense. I don't think this has been a good fit for him, but I do think, to be fair to Getzey, they tried some of those late in the season. They started really falling in love with those slot screens and those bubble screens and the wide receiver screens. The and I think that was in attempts to force Fields to get the ball out quicker. Right, and into the hands of the receivers quicker. Problem is the defense has read it too easy. Um, so there's something there for sure. He also the biggest problem with Justin Fields. No, not even a question. Anybody that you listen to break down Justin Fields that says a negative about him that involves arm talent or reading defenses, even no, none of that's true. He runs into pressure. That's a fucking problem. It's a real big problem. Right. Running into pressure. And obviously it this shows up in stuff like taking sacks. Obviously, this he is taking a shit ton of sacks. 12.4% sack percentage in his career, right? Over his career. Just for you know a, a reference sake, Trevor Lawrence, who's had a bad offense on himself, is 5.1%. You know, I mean that's that's where it, it's the biggest problem with Justin Fields is he runs into pre pressure. He scrambles around. He moves to all like that. Um, 
by the way, 7.4% if you're wondering what Lamar Jackson's is. So again, you can definitely live. You need to be under that really under 8%. Lamar himself takes more sacks and runs into some quite a bit. All right. And, and the bears offensive line, the last couple of years, you could say, Oh, the offense line is fucking terrible and bullshit and awful. And in fairness, Fields cut his sack percentage down from last season at 14.7% to 10.6. 11.8 his first season and eight starts there. Or I'm sorry, 10 starts in the first season. So progress has been made. This was a much better effort, and but he has to continue to cut that down. There's no question about it. And by the way, that's also something that's important is that the emergence. His completion percentage his yards, his touchdowns, and his yards, touchdowns, uh, touchdown rate, success rate, uh, sack percentage, average net yards per attempt, every single quarterback rating, every metric has gone up each of his first three years. Okay. And his interception, interception rate, bad throw rate has gone down. Now, they have some of those numbers haven't gone up what you want them to be. And the interception and turnover rate have not gone down at the rate you want them to be. But progress has been made. There's no even question about that. So let's look at it. Um, attempts, pass attempts. Justin Fields, 23rd in the league. Completions, 24th in the league. Completion percentage, 15th in the league. Betcha that surprises you. 61.4% is not slouchy. It, it should be higher, especially in today's day and age. But, uh, no, buts, just, just, you know, I try to not to defend him uh, because that's not what I want. I don't want to have that conversation. Yard, passing yards, he's 22nd in the league. Passing touchdowns, 20th in the league. Interception, 16th. Don't want him to be that high, obviously. More touchdowns. Passer rating, 20th in the league. Okay. Okay. Rushing yards, this is fair. Second in the league. Rushing touchdowns, seventh out of quarterbacks. He didn't rush for many touchdowns. That's the kind of interesting thing there. And quite honestly, it's what that's an area that can improve. He can't run for more than the 1,100 yards he ran for in 2022. Like he can't do that. He shouldn't do that. No quarterback should be running for that many yards. You got to rely on your other weapons. But, you know, you say that about Hertz and Josh Allen, who rush for 15 fucking touchdowns. They're like, that's insane too. But look at those two teams without those touchdowns from the quarterback, where do they go? So I think that's an area where fields needs to get better and the offense needs to get better. They need a tush push of their own. They need that kind of quarterback draw power run that gives them that red zone weapon, you know? So that's ultimately what you need. And quite frankly, the fantasy points, he was 18th. And fantasy points per game, he was ninth. So from a fantasy standpoint, Justin Fields has been very productive the last two years, sixth and ninth in uh, in fantasy points there. Now let's look at the advance. Let's, let's dive deeper into Justin Fields with some of the analytics, right? Because I think that's an important thing. And you're going to see a lot of ups and downs here. Um, one of the things that may be said is in the Bears offense, a lot of critics, Basic criticisms of the Bears offense, a lot of the criticisms are on point. Some, though, I, I don't like the parroting. I don't like the echoing of just random, oh, offense needs to change. What does that mean? Because 
air yards. Air yards is dumb. Air yards isn't really anything. It's not important. It's not that important. But it does tell you. It can show you at the tops and bottoms a player's tendencies or an offensive system's tendencies to be too aggressive or not aggressive enough. And Justin Fields is 11th in the NFL in intended air yards per pass attempt. It's way higher than I would have guessed and that most people would have guessed because the Bears did a lot of the bubble screens like I was just talking about, right? Those the short, quick throws. But this tells me he is not afraid to take deep shots. And we'll get into his deep ball passer rating and stuff like that that is going to surprise you on, say, how well it is. It's it's greatest in the league, but it's very solid. His completed air yards, though, were just 23rd in the league. That points to a problem. Completed air yards per pass attempt, though, 18th in the league. All right. Um, you know, not bad. The drops. This is something last year he had the third most drops of any NFL quarterback. This year, 26th drop percentage. Not a lot of drops. Can't can't blame the wide receivers that much, though. I watch a lot of games with Tyler Scott. Oh my God, how many fucking passes that guy dropped. Um, Velas Jones with a couple early on in the season didn't he didn't even see the field later on. Um, so there's room there. But here, here's some good stuff. Bad throw percentage, right? Um, 12th in the National Football League. Now, that's bad. Bad throw percentage, um, meaning it was a high rate for his bad throws. And being 12th, not ideal. On target percentage, 25th in the NFL as well. So accuracy and the advanced metrics, not very good in 2023. His time spent in pocket was first in the NFL. His pressure rate was fourth in the NFL. You know, and that kind of stuff has to change. You got to get this fucker out of the pocket. You know, and then for him, he's got to make quicker decisions. There's no doubt about that either. All right. So the accuracy stuff is had a down year this year as well. Um, and that's very surprising to me. It was very surprising to me because I've seen him put the ball on his receivers. His receivers have not helped him out uh, immeasurably, but you know, the numbers are what they are. Now say that if this was a three year running thing, then that would be a problem. It's not. He was actually top 20 in the league last year in the on-target throws. So it's a little bit better or a little bit of a fall off there as well. So let's look at the deeper analytics and we'll go to pro football focus and look at what his passer ratings have been. And the last three years, he's gone from 30th in passer rating to 22nd to 20th this past year. His uh, amongst quarterbacks, his running percentage was 16th in the league in 2021, second in the league in 2022, and fourth in the league this year. All right, that's important. His um, bad throws. Now, this is another one of those tar- those uh, uh, metrics, the big-time throw rate from Pro Football Focus, right? That's the um, 
you know, throws that are on point and deep down, deeper down the field. He's, he went from, he's been third, 17th and 10th last year in the league in big time throw percentage. That's a good thing. Turnover worthy play right now. That's a, a much bigger problem, but he was 11th first 2021 and he's 10th in the league last year. That's not good. That's not, it's not, not nearly good enough. You got to improve. That's the one area he actually has not seen progression where, where he absolutely should be making progress on that. Um, own passes, own pressure allowed. Now, this is a good thing here as well. This will, this sort of gives us some background on what's going on. He was uh, 31st in the league in 2021. He was 13th in the league in 2022 and fifth in the league. This this does, believe it or not, mean good in the uh, um, allowing least pressure because guys like Joe Burrow were up there and again, Burrow didn't play most of the season, but Burrow's notorious for not allowing pressure you know who because remember when it's 11 on 11 somebody's always assigned to the quarterback in that on the the defense and even though everyone's trying to attack the quarterback somebody's directly responsible when they pressure and if the quarterback doesn't pick that up that's a problem and that goes into film study education and all that deep passer rating uh 18th in the league in 2021 23rd in the league 2022 fifth best last season his adjusted completion percentage um, that's a completion, meaning balls that should have been caught. See, this is 35th in the league, 2021, 20th in the league, 2022, 16th in the league this past season. So again, it, it is a roller coaster, right? It's a roller coaster. So from my perspective on this, all right, is I do not, I don't like this thing that door number three, you never know what you're going to get. Let's, I don't like the lottery, just to tell you that. I don't play the lottery. I don't play scratchers uh, very often. Um, I don't, like, I don't, I, I gamble. I mean, I like betting and things, but I, I bet when I, I like to gamble. When I gamble, I play poker. I play sports betting, things that I have overwhelming knowledge and or skill at that I can help improve my odds. If I know I'm going to lose percent of the time, I can give that up knowing that the wins will come. I just don't like the idea of taking something away in the modern NFL. You, you will meet up. Look at what's happened to quarterbacks. Like who are the best pocket passers, right? Joe Burrow, Stafford, Brock Purdy. I mean, we'll throw him out there because he executes. I think that, if you don't have the right system, and for me, the Baltimore Ravens are going to win with just about anybody, right? The the Steelers win with just about anybody. The Rams can win with just about anybody. The Eagles have a great system. They just need, and they have a great offensive line. They do need a mobile quarterback, though, for them. That's why they got Mariota to back up. Jalen Hurts this year, but you can win with anybody. Cleveland has showed you could win with anybody, you know, if you have the right surrounding elements. Tampa Bay has showed you could win with anybody. Baker Mayfield off the fucking street producing Tom Brady numbers. Maybe it wasn't Brady. Brady has walked into a good situation. Jared Goff 
has done it in Detroit. What do all those quarterbacks have in common? Right? Or what do they have in common? They're not very mobile. Right? They're in the pocket, pocket rating. They are throwing the ball when they drop back to pass. You can't read option with them. You can RPO with them. They're no, no threat. You can't keep linebackers and safeties on their get them on their uh, toes. You can't keep them there. You, you pretty much take an entire layer of the defense and really help them out because now you could drop everybody back into coverage. You don't have to worry about Matt Stafford running anywhere, Baker running anywhere. It's rare that they do, and most of the time the defensive linemen and one you know an edge linebacker can come up and make that play when they do get out of the pocket. But you can't do that with Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. And good defenses, look what happened to Brock Purdy this season. One of their guys went down. When Debo went down, they failed. When Chris McCaffrey went down, they failed. When they ran up against the Baltimore Ravens, even though it was a home game, they failed because the Ravens were, they knew the routes, they knew the system, they knew the scheme. Look at the Rams. They lost that game in week 18, even though those backups, but you know those were failures by that system because you know you can study, learn the routes, learn the tendencies, and good defenses will be honed in on that shit, and they will pick you apart, and they'll stop you, and they'll slow you down. You can't do that with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. You can't. You, you can't stop them because when you, that happens, they create an, a whole you don't They don't have to wait for the receivers to be open. They just have to let the player develop and then fucking take off and use their God-given ability to just out-athlete people. And to me, if you want to win a championship and multiple championships on this at this level of football, to me, that's the type of quarterback that you need. You need a mobile guy. Why? How in the world did Josh Allen come? From the the bill, this is the worst season the Bills have had. This is the worst team by a mile. The worst offensive line, worst defensive line, worst pass rush, worst coverage, worst safety play. They are also very hurt. This is the worst Bills team in a while. How the fuck did they wind up eleven and six? It's Josh Allen. And guess what? He threw eighteen interceptions. Turnover or interception rate of three point one. He had 150 fumbles. I don't think that's right. I think he had 15 fumbles or uh, uh, seven fumbles lost in the season. Thought it was more than that. But you can't. You couldn't stop. Look at that Miami game. They had Miami. They had it. Right. They had. I mean, Miami had that game. They they should have been able to stop Buffalo. Buffalo didn't do anything special. Josh fucking Allen, man. You just. <laughs> things break down, and especially in around the goal line, they either makes a laser throw with his arm or he makes something with his legs. And his first two seasons were dog shit. It wasn't until year three took that huge step with Brian DeBall and company, and the, the Buffalo Bills went from a 
five win team and then a 10 win team to a 13 and three type team. Oh, they also just so happened to get Stefan Diggs that year and everything went right. And Josh Allen's been that type of player since. In fairness though, that was his best season. His next two years were great from a fantasy standpoint, but his touchdown or his interception numbers are dog shit. 10, 15, 14, 18. Not very good. Right. His, though, what Josh Allen does, quarterback rate, 92, right up there. Fields is a few points behind that, but not too far from a passer standpoint. But he doesn't take sacks. He doesn't run into pressure. Sack rate for Josh Allen the first two years in the league was 8.6. Last four years, 4.3, 3.9. Then it went up 5.5 last year, 4.0 this year. That's that's amazing when you could also rush for that. So that's that alone. Turnovers are going to happen. Fields needs to be protected more. He will pocket more, and he needs to be more aware in the pocket. Get rid of the football or take off and run, which I would highly suggest. Because those these type of quarterbacks are the ones that can elevate a team. And the more people say that the Bears system sucks and Luke Getze and Chicago's never had a great quarterback. Every all that shit is right. It's a hundred percent right. But what's the difference? That's why you need a quarterback like Justin Fields. That's the fucking reason. You know, that's it just confirms everything else that you know. They need a quarterback. They're not uh, the Chicago Bears are the pocket passing quarterback in that stadium on the fucking lake and on that turf that's soft and and just really difficult to maneuver, cut in and out of routes. You're just never going to have that. It's why it's never been successful over the years. Now, maybe when they move inland, Arlington Heights, build a dome, fuck yeah. Then it's high flying, but it's different right now. All right, so let's go over the two options. Keep Justin Fields. Let's see. what What's the positives in keeping Justin Fields? Keep Fields. Pick up the fifth-year option. You'd have to do that immediately. You pay him. He costs nothing against the salary cap whatsoever. Um, this year, it's, it's very minimal. And then the fifth year, he gets a bump in there, but still manageable, I think, 15 or 18 million, whatever. Um it is. All right. So you got a, a cheap quarterback, which everybody knows that's the way to win in this league. It's not even a question. Get a cheap quarterback or a veteran that will take less than his actual value in order to make the team better. The Tom Brady, Peyton Manning rule, if you will. But if they keep Justin Fields, you could trade the number one pick, trade the number one overall pick for a, an absolute bounty. Last year for the number one pick, they got DJ Moore. They got two firsts. They got a second. And we all know it's way more expensive this year. It's going to be three firsts and a second and possibly a player to boot. That's how much it's going to cost. That's a wealth of assets. All right. So that's a ton. The likely haul, let's say it's a 2024 20, first, of course, 
2025 first, 2025 second, and you get at least one more pick, either 2026 first or 2024 third or something like that. Who knows? Anywhere in between that. And a possible player. You keep fields. You can, It's continuity, familiarity, known presence. The players, the fans all support him and like him. Right, they've he has won over the fan base, which uh, he had not done before this season. All right, can keep Eberflus if you're going to keep Matt Eberflus and, and or Luke Getze, you can do that too. Second option, trade Justin Fields, move on. What does that entail? Trade Fields, you get I. Would be absolutely stunned if they didn't get at least a first and a, you know, at least two or three picks of which one is a first round pick for Justin Fields. I'd be stunned. The rest of the league is not that stupid. You don't you don't think Atlanta or Pittsburgh or fucking New England? You don't think these teams want Justin Fields? You're out of your fucking mind. Out of your mind if you think that's true. So you get at least a pair. Let's say it's a pair of twos if you want to, but, and likely more. You keep the number one overall pick and you pick, well, Kayla Williams or Drake May, right? So that, if you do end up doing that, you commit, you have to go through the process and make sure you cannot fucking miss on the quarterback. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Think about like in terms of fantasy football, right? Think in terms of that. You all want the first overall pick, but you want to just use the first overall pick on what? The person everybody else tells you to pick? That's not what you should use the first overall pick. It's for that player you know is going to do the best. And that's not always the one everybody points you toward. But you have to get it right. You can't can't be one of those things where you're like, I have the first pick two years in a row, and we trade Justin Fields, who... <laughs> It's statistically speaking, is a top 20 quarterback. And if you, you know, you want to include rushing, he's a top 12 quarterback um, on that. And you're going to, and you're going to get what? If you're going to get Bryce fucking young type. Now, fortunately, Caleb Williams is not that bad. Neither is Drake may. So it'd be hard to miss that bad. But there's golf and Wentz, you know, Kenny Pickett. There's these guys. You, what if that's what you get? If you are trading Justin Fields, that should coincide with a coaching change and or a scheme change. Eberflus, Getze, gone. Bring in Jim Harbaugh. Bring in Mike Vrabel, even though I know Vrabel, who was just fired, he has a deal somewhere else. I'm sure it'll be announced by the end of this week. That's the big, that Titans firing of Vrabel is the biggest bullshit story I've ever heard. That is clearly, Vrabel wanted to leave. Didn't want to embarrass the organization, so they did this mock firing bullshit, and he's going to go and get it. And that way, they they could sell it to the next coach that, yeah, you know, we choose you over Vrabel, which is bullshit. But anyway, so that's it. I mean, that's what you do. You you have to get a new coordinator, new coach, coach, a new scheme that fits Caleb Williams. Right, if that's assuming you're at, let's look at that angle. What about Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams, everybody, he is the generational player, and I guarantee you, I, I mean, I absolutely guarantee that 
majority of our audience and the audience of this podcast, you guys are smart, independent thinkers. I could tell, I, I know that from all my interactions with you, but I guarantee you don't know very much about Caleb Williams. All right. I know you don't, right? I don't know all there is to know. I've got a lot of work to do on him, but we keep hearing that he's generational. He's so great. Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Well, number one, Andrew Luck didn't work out that well. Andrew Luck was great. I mean, but he retired, got injured. I mean, not the perfect scenario, but I'll accept that, of course. And Trevor Lawrence has been an abject failure at this point, an absolute outright failure. There's no reason to think that Fields wasn't a better pick at 11 than Field, than Lawrence was at one. That's my opinion. But let's look at it then. Let's compare because I, the wrong thing to do is say we need a newer face. We need another guy. Number one, in scouting both these guys in the last five years, one thing I know from a personality standpoint, and I don't have any – Inside knowledge, necessarily. I, I know what I know, and I've heard what I've heard, and I've seen and looked and watched. That's as good. I don't know anybody on a personal level. But I prefer Justin Fields' makeup to Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a diva. He's got paid over $2 million the last couple of seasons, lives in a penthouse apartment. He, I mean, bows out of games and bowl games and, and just mentally checks out. I don't, there's a lot of red flags there. There, uh, The other thing to know about Caleb Williams and to understand is that he is a guy by the name of Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is the coach for USC where Caleb goes to school. He recruited Caleb to Oklahoma originally, and Oklahoma's where Caleb went first, and then he followed Lincoln Riley. Followed Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley is a fucking stud, one of the best, the best offensive mind in college football has been for a while. Right. You want to talk about Kyler Murray. You want to talk about um, Jalen Hurts. You want to talk about Baker Mayfield. You want to talk about CeeDee Lamb. You want to talk about these motherfuckers there? Yeah, that's Lincoln Riley. That's Lincoln Riley. So um, he's good and the numbers are great. However, let's compare the prospect that was Justin Fields to the prospect that is Caleb Williams. All right, Fields played 2019 and 2020, abbreviated season 2020, at Ohio State, first recruited to Georgia, then got passed over for the job for Jake Fromm, then went to Ohio State and did amazing things at Ohio State. So let's compare these guys. Justin Fields, um, I'll give you the totals in college. The, there are two best seasons in college. That's what I'm doing for both these guys, combining them. Justin Fields was 20-2. and two. That's his record. Caleb Williams, 19 and eight. Field, 68.4% completion percentage. Caleb Williams, 67.5. Justin Fields, 5,353 passing yards. Caleb, 8,170 passing yards. Destroys him in that. Field, 63 passing touchdowns. Nine interceptions. Caleb's 72 passing touchdowns. Remember, it's not fair on the uh, the record. Is You have five more games, but 10 interceptions. So more interceptions, more passing touchdowns for Caleb than Fields, but in more games started. Passer rating. Now, this is 
This will tell you something. 179.1 combined passer rating. 179.1. College passer ratings are insane, just so you know. They're super high. For Justin Fields. That's Justin Fields. 179.1. Caleb Williams, 169.2. Now that's got to surprise you. Right? Rushing yards. Remember, Fields wasn't the biggest running quarterback in college. He really wasn't. That's the that's the interesting thing about his evolution. 867 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. Caleb, 537 rushing yards, but 21 rushing touchdowns. So way more rushing touchdowns. You know, but again, a couple more games too. So if you break it down by a per-game basis, 67% completion percentage for Caleb. 68.4 for Fields, 243, I'm sorry, yeah, 200 and, yeah, 43 passing yards per game to 302 passing yard games. Fields said 243, Caleb 302. 2.86 passing touchdowns per game for Fields, 2.66 passing touchdowns a game for Caleb. 0.39 interceptions per game for Fields, 0.37 for Caleb. 179.1 rating for Fields, 169.2 for Caleb. 39.4 rushing yards per game for Fields, 19.8 for Caleb. 0.68 rushing touchdowns per game to 0.73 rushing touchdowns per game. 0.68 for Fields, 0.73 for Caleb. Does anything within that blow you away? More yardage. Absolutely. More rushing touchdowns. That's surprising that Caleb has more rushing touchdowns. But based on those numbers, what do you think? And again, the wins and losses, I mean, that speaks to something. Caleb had a bad year. He had a sensational start to the year, but he was he has been glorified since last season. He's in a better system with a better coach. The, the best offensive coach in college football, bar none, and nobody's going to argue that point. Nobody. He sucks at defense. His teams. The, I'm not going to blame Caleb Williams for the losses, even. I will not do that. Right? I don't think the wins and losses. The, the wins and losses are interesting because I think people see in the NFL level, Fields has lost a lot, but in college, he never fucking lost. Didn't lose a game in the Big Ten in conference. Didn't even lose one in his college career. It's pretty crazy. So when you look at that, what screams what the benefit for the bears. The benefit is resetting the clock. Obviously you now have four or five years, but here's the thing. It's, it's a weird dilemma with a quarterback, a Caleb Williams, that's been making several million a year at school. Remember that report that came out about Marvin Harrison recently. He's like, well, me, he may just take an NIL deal and stay in school. If these guys make more money in school, I mean, what's the incentive really at the NFL level? And, if Caleb Williams produces at any type of level his first or second year, do you really think he's going to sit and not hold out on that rookie deal? No fucking way, man. No fucking way. So what would I do? I have tossed, I've turned over this decision a lot. And again, it doesn't matter. I'm just a fucking idiot, you know, with a stupid beard that, doesn't know anything, supposedly. And I do know. Now, fuck that. I know. I know my shit when it comes to football. 
But what I, what I would do if I was the Chicago Bears, it's definitely a tough situation. There's no question about it. I would keep Justin Fields. All right. Now I wouldn't do, here's my exact plan of what I would do and why I would do it. Um, number one, just fields for the next two years is under your control right now at this moment. You pick up his fifth year option. Do that immediately. Have a, I would also sign him to an extension team friendly this is where you can get this is how the bears could really make out on this deal you sign fields fields knows he's under scrutiny and being traded on this contract a lot of teams move on there's no guarantees for him at all so use that leverage to sign a deal that doesn't start until after his fifth year and that's a you know another two year extension, but that's for thirty million a year or whatever. So like big money at that point, twenty eight thirty million a year. Okay, so that I mean market price if we if they do win next year going into year five, it's going to be forty or fifty million dollars. Unfortunately, that's just what it's going to be. All right, and that's the best case scenario for the Bears. So they're going to lose money on that deal eventually. You can use this leverage, say, all right, we'll keep you, but only if we get a team friendly sixth year let's say maybe a seventh year out of it and have that agreement now that locks fields in, makes him know he's the guy and that they're built around him it gives the support of the players and the franchise that this is our quarterback all right so that's what i would do i would keep that first round pick ideally if you can trade that first pick to washington or new england I would do it and try to pick up a few. If you just, if you move one spot down or even two spots down, you got to have a top three pick though and pick up. I don't care if it's just a couple seconds. You have to get Marvin Harrison in this draft. If you're the bears, if you keep field, you have to, you trade down further and let Arizona get Harrison. You're, you're a fucking idiot. I don't care. Rome, Duzier, uh, Malik neighbors. I don't give a fuck. No, you get Marvin fucking Harrison. Give Fields that other weapon. All right? So, boom. That's what I do. I keep Fields. I coach his weaknesses. Continue to work on pocket presence, decision-making. Give him, get him out of the pocket. Get him scrambling quicker. And give him outlets. Then get him another weapon. DJ Moore was a massive help. If you're telling me Brock Purdy could win with Debo Samuel... And Brandon Ayuk. I'll tell you, Debo Samuel is a phenomenal fucking player. One of the better receivers in the league. But Marvin Harrison couldn't be better. He could be a Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. That's what he shapes up to be. And DJ Moore against Brandon Ayuk, I'll put that. That's up for grabs. So you And now you got Cole Komet, who's not quite George Kittle. Right? And now you got all of them and a quarterback that doesn't need all of them to stay healthy because if shit breaks down, he can make plays with his legs as well. Think of what that does to a defense. So I've drafted Marvin Harrison. I would love to move down to three to get him, pick up a future one or, or even a couple of twos. It's fine. Then draft a left tackle. Bears need a left tackle. 
I like this Amarius Mims out of Georgia. To me, he's Trent Williams, super athletic and pull. You could run outside zone with him all fucking day. He has been incredibly injured. There's not a lot of tape on him. He's played eight total games, but this dude is six eight, three hundred thirty pounds, and runs like into four eights. I'm sorry, not not four eight. Yeah, yeah, he runs in the low fives. I'm sorry, but that's that's Trent Williams type of shit. That. Listen, if they got J.C. Latham or Joe Alt at that ninth pick, uh, I'd be completely and utterly Fuga from Oregon State. It'd be phenomenal too. move Braxton Jones inside to the left guard spot and prove your offensive line. First two picks right there. And they have a ton of salary space. They have the third most salary cap room in the NFL this offseason, right? That is... <laughs> That's a ton of room to sign free agents. And they, you know, get going out and getting Montez sweat is a, it's already improved that defense. That was a top five defense over the last nine games of the season. You improved your offensive line. You improved that. Give another year to fields, give them that confidence. And then here's the trick. Here's the one difference you're going to hear with my analysis for keeping fields over everybody else. Here is what you do. If you are the Bears. Okay. You're going to keep fields. So you're sacrificing Caleb. Shit. That sucks. Bummer. Wham. Totally understand all of that. Totally get all that. Maybe Caleb Williams is generational. Maybe. All right. By the way, I trade with the Patriots. So that way, if Caleb is truly generational, at least the only time you really see him is once every six years and then in the Super Bowl if you make it that far, which is a good happy accident to have, right? I'd be fine with that. So that's who I try to trade with. And then my my other thing is this. I'm not going to – I'm still going to draft a quarterback. Oh, yeah, baby. You got the ninth pick. All right, ninth pick, third round. That is the spot. This quarterback class is so good with Caleb, Drake, May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. I love Bo Nix personally. Carthy's out there. Quinn Ewers is out there. I hate Spencer Rattler. I don't like Jalen Milrow either. Jordan Travis? <laughs> Jordan Travis in the third round? Uh-oh. Didn't the a team do that? Oh, yeah, Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in, what, second or third round? How'd that work out for them? Pretty fucking great. See, that's the trick. You don't need to give up your first pick. Yes, you're not going to hit on the, but do your due diligence. Have a backup in place that if there's either an injury to Justin Fields, because he does run his mobile, or... There, he doesn't turn out to be, he, he doesn't ascend the way you want. You will have another young quarterback that you're bringing in, Cam Ward, Sam Hartman, one of these guys in, the, in those later rounds. Jordan Travis would be my pick, by the way, but I digress. Um, that they can step in, develop behind fields, and step into a situation that's DJ fucking Moore, 
a great offensive line at that point. If you invest, if you draft another one and you could sign another one because you have all this money in free agency. Then you also have Marvin Harrison Jr. in the second or third season. DJ Moore, who's hitting, you know, towards getting towards the end of his peak at that point. Now all of a sudden you got weapons. Cole Komet's out there. Fuck, you can draft Brock Bowers at nine if you really wanted to and have a monster. Um, you could do all kinds of different things with Brock Bowers, even though you, but they can't because they have Cole Komet there. You'd have to play Bowers as a wide out hybrid, which is fine. Build the system around it. Philadelphia would find a way. But that's what I do. And and develop that second quarterback on a low-end deal that's even cheaper than your first-round pick. Develop him behind Fields. And if Fields truly does bottom out, then you've got your protection right there. That's how you fucking do it, everybody. That's, that's the thing. I guarantee you that's an angle that most of you didn't think of and most of the analysts out there don't. And I think that's why... People get frustrated with me from a fantasy perspective because like this season with Javante Williams and Najee Harris, who had great down the stretches, week 17, 18, pretty good. Um, but they were disappointed. I always ha- I always have the secondary plan. You don't just because you have a great or who you perceive as a great answer at these other positions. The reason a football team and a fantasy football team is a team is because you have these other supporting casts. You have people under that pick you up when you fall down. When you miss on an earlier round player, you have a late round player that can protect you against that. That's why you have health insurance, why you have medical insurance, life insurance, car insurance. In case shit happens, that's how they should handle this situation. You agree, disagree, hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Holy shit, I could talk. I just did. I talked all day about this one. Before I get out of here, my official playoff, uh, my playoff grid, I guess, or bracket for 2023-2024. Boy, um, I don't have the surprise team. My dream Super Bowl, the Cleveland Browns versus Detroit Lions. It will never happen. I don't think either one of them make it very far, but I would love to see that happen. And here are here is my official predictions, though, for the entirety of the 2023 playoffs. Uh, I always say 2023 because that's the season it is, even though I know it's 2024. I have Cleveland beaten Houston in a very close game. I, I like both those teams. I can't wait to watch on Saturday. I've got Cleveland advancing. I've got Kansas City beating Miami. Miami's just decimated. That defense is ruined. Um, Miami was my Super Bowl team pick at the beginning of the season. It looked great all the way through, but the defense, Tyree Kill's injury, Jalen Waddell's injury, Raheem Mostert's injury. I mean, they're fucked. So Kansas City's going to sneak out of a win there. Buffalo will beat Pittsburgh. No TJ Watt. No bueno. And then it... The Browns will obviously lose to Baltimore in Baltimore. Baltimore go to the AFC Championship game. Buffalo, Kansas City is going to be closer, but this one is in Buffalo, and the Bills are going to win. So it's Baltimore, Buffalo. I will – don't tell Phil Backert, but I, I I would really love to see Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. It would be great. But it would also be great to see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think Baltimore gets the win, though, ultimately. On the NFC side, um, the uh, – Eagles, Bucks. The Eagles fall from grace has been immaculate. 
I don't know if they have another win in them, but a team that barely skated by against the Tampa Buccaneers in the final week when they needed, or I'm sorry, against the Carolina Panthers. I don't like either one of these teams, but I'll get, I'll give Philadelphia just more talent. I'll give them a push. And I think they advance. Detroit and the Rams is obviously the best game of the entire weekend. It's going to be a great one. The Stafford bowl in Detroit, man, so many different storylines and angles here. Uh, the trade from two years ago, everybody's going to pick the Rams to win. Everybody's going to pick that and think that, Oh, I'm doing an upset. Number one, um, that is not really an upset, right? I mean, I know Las Vegas right now has the lions as I believe a small favorite still, but uh, the bet they're going to be overwhelmed with bets on the Rams. Right. Like every, there's so many people taking that Rams money line. It won't even be funny. And I'm going to go along with it. I would love to see Detroit win. I want Detroit to win. Jared Goff, all the reasons. But I think Stafford's just going to go in there and sling it and too many weapons on the offense. And I just ultimately don't think Detroit will make that fatal error. And the thing about Detroit, it all started at the draft, not taking Jalen Carter. They just don't have the defense to stop a good offense. They don't have it. And that's what I mean about the killer instinct. you got to be able to make bold moves. So the Rams advance, and then the Cowboys will do away with the Packers, who are also just happy to be there. So that sets up two division games for the divisional round. San Francisco and the Rams, Philadelphia and Dallas. Dallas will beat Philly. Philly's right for the taking, and these two teams are going opposite directions. And the 49ers will take care of the Rams. So <laughs> goes back to the mid-90s, baby. 49ers Cowboys for the NFC title. And I this is close. The Dallas has built their team to beat the 49ers in this kind of setting, but they got walloped earlier in the season. And quite frankly, as long as McCaffrey's there, San Francisco's going to the Super Bowl. So you're going to get that Baltimore San Francisco rematch from all those years ago. Too bad Jim Harbaugh's not on the sideline for San Francisco, but uh, that's going to be Super Bowl 58. And I do have the Ravens beating the 49ers in this one. And uh, Phil Backer be very happy that Baltimore Ravens your Super Bowl 58 champion. What do you guys think? Agree, disagree? Hit me up at serious or at serious. Good Lord. At Jeff underscore man's force a habit at the, or the Jeff man's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Good Lord, man. I went into old habits right there. Wrong show. Don't call me. You can't call me right now because I won't answer the fucking phone. That's going to do it for this episode, folks. Thank you for hanging out all season long. Hopefully you liked my breakdown. I want to know if you agree, but please, I honestly don't want to hear your opinions if they're just going to be mean. And I don't mean mean. I just mean, don't just say things because you have a fandom. Like, honest to God, I'm not the person that you want to, if you're a super big fan of a team and all you want to do is just like, you think you have to defend that team. Don't bother me. I will not take you seriously. And I mean, I real, I don't, I click on your profile. If I see a bunch of pro dolphin things, I know, oh, this, this guy's just, and he's just pro dolphin. That's all it's going to be. I don't take you seriously, right? Give, but if you're a dolphin fan, I would like to hear your opinion on uh, Justin Fields and the Bears or the Cleveland Browns or the Dallas Cowboys. That I want to hear. 
I want to hear unbiased conversation and talk. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear biased. I don't. I, I get that every day. I wake up. I'm just not interested. So hit me up in those places. That will do it. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening this entire season, folks. Again, I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we'll dive into some of the post-2023 season recaps in the days and weeks ahead. Get over to fantasyguru.com. It is the greatest off-season in fantasy football history. I've got my postseason rankings. I've got my 2024 fantasy football rankings, my super wildcard round rankings. I've got the projections up. I've got the mock draft already ready to go. Dynasty rankings by Russell Clay is ready to go. DFS, betting on every single game, props on every single game. That package, $39 all the way to June 1st. This takes you from today to June 1st of everything that we do from a football standpoint. Oh, did I mention the uh, now it's called the United Football League? We, that we, we have DFS and betting for that all season long there. That's included in this. So get over to fantasyguru.com. Get that all in package, $39 for the duration and special shows and live streams and draft coverage and player profiles and free agency and trackers and gadgets and widgets and all that good stuff available to you over there fantasyguru.com follow me at jeff underscore mans thanks to our producer sean engel doing a great job producing this program thank you all for tuning in you may disagree with some or maybe everything that you heard on today's episode and that's perfect all right why no because you're entitled to your opinion as i am mine and this was just one man's opinion See you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Do so. Mm-hmm.